The following is a sermon preached by Pastor Adriel Cruz with World Renegade Church. Being and making week three an inevitable death. How many have seen this? This is this is scary, right? But I know for a fact we're gonna make an impact in the city. When we were out there preaching the gospel in the street, there was women who were Christian, yet they were going to a mosque. They were on their way to a mosque where Muslims go to worship Allah, right? Their God. And the Christian girl would come up to us and say, man, you guys are serious. I've never seen something like this before, man. Like, you guys are really Christian. Like, you guys are really doing it. What a shame uh, on, on the Christian uh, population in Chicago, in, in, the, in, in the Americas, for, for, for a woman to be going to a mosque and saying, oh my gosh, I've never seen this done before in my life. And she was already about 29 years old. That's 29 years of, of someone never seeing uh, uh, the gospel preached on a corner. So this is going to cost everything. And that's what tonight's sermon is about. It's about being a disciple. Uh, I'm going to pray real quick, but I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke. Luke 14, 25. Let's pray. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would fill me, God, with your wisdom right now. I beg you, Lord, please give me your wisdom right now. Because I need your wisdom to be able to articulate and elaborate your word. You are good and faithful and you will never turn away someone who asks and for wisdom especially. Your children. So I pray God that you would give me the, the power Lord. The authority that your word commands and that you command in your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray that I would be eloquent in speech, but not fancy to, 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 to turn around the tables and make it about me, but make it about the Spirit's power. Yes. In the name of Jesus Christ, I just pray that everyone would understand and everyone would get it and that we would be on our way to make disciples, Lord. But first, to be disciples. And to be a disciple brings about an inevitable death. Amen. Tonight's sermon is entitled Inevitable Death. How many have seen that picture online? It's a picture of Peter and John. They, they, it's not Peter and John, obviously, but it's a picture of what they could have looked like, and they're running. They're, they're on a mission, you know, and, and Peter looks aged, and he's just there, and he looks, oh, he's just, his eyes are, it's just an awesome picture. And I said that if we were to go out to these corners and do this, putting, putting our lives on the line, so to speak, our faces, meaning your friends are going to see you, your family, they'll see you, hey, what were you doing over there? It costs everything. And have you heard the saying that love doesn't cost anything at all? Love don't cost a thing? You heard that, right? The actuality is love costs everything. And better yet, love is something we could never afford. Love, true love, actual love, authentic love is something we could never afford. But God has displayed that love in his son, Jesus Christ. So a response to God's love 
will cost us everything. If you want to really respond to God's love, it's going to cost everything. We must abandon ourselves if we want to be disciples. We must abandon ourselves. Let's see what Jesus says about being a disciple. What does Jesus say about this? Verse 25. Verse 25 says this. Now great crowds accompanied him. Jesus. And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. That sounds harsh, does it not? Right? That sounds strong. That sounds scary. It sounds unreal. For those of you who maybe think of Jesus in a twisted way, you may say, wait a minute, Jesus would never say something like that. He loves everyone. Why would he say to hate somebody? That's not Jesus. (laughs) He says here, he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, and mother, and wife, and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life. Can someone say, even my own life? That he cannot be my disciple. Now, I want to be very clear on this type of word that's used here. It means, if anyone comes to me and does not love less his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, then he cannot be my disciple. Again, if this hate was the hate that we use in our language, then it would contradict a lot of other things. Love God and love people, right? Also, if you love your neighbor as yourself, it's like, wait a minute, but I'm supposed to hate my life. How can I love myself? Doesn't make sense. It's not that. That's why we always want to, when we're reading the word church, we want to be able to look at words and find out what are the root words in, in which this word derived from? Or, or where, how did they get this translation? What's the original in this language that Luke was originally scribed in? Amen? So if anyone comes to me and does not hate, does not love less, then he cannot be my disciple. This is the first point of discipleship. Loving less those who are in your life. Those who the world would say love the most, if anything. Right? There's not many Valentine's Day cards written to Jesus. Right? So the culture does not push that out. What's pushed is what's contrary If anyone comes to me and does not love less his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers, and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. In other words, if you put priority to your spouse, a relationship with someone, your mother, your father, if you put that priority over 
a relationship with Christ and what would better your relationship with him, then you cannot be his disciple. Because we can say, oh, well, yeah, yeah, no, I put Jesus before everything. Oh, okay. So, so how, how often do you gather with the rest of the church? How often do you gather with your church, right? Oh, well, I have my own personal relationship with, with God. Have you heard that before? Yeah. I have from people I've talked to. But see, what they don't understand is what God are they talking about? Jesus made the church. The bride that Jesus is coming back for is his church. So if we're not in that, then we're coming against the very God we say we have a relationship with. So we have to understand that, that it's not as easy as just saying, well, I love God first. How often do you spend time and pouring out your heart to God? And how often do you spend your time pouring out your heart to another human, to someone else? A relationship, a friend. Hey, how are you doing? What are you doing? And yet you haven't even went to God and said, Lord, this is how I'm feeling. This is how I'm, how I'm doing. Lord, I want to give you thanks for today. I want to, I want to give you thanks, God, that, I, that, I, that I'm alive right now. I want to give you thanks, Lord Jesus, that you caused me to live because I must be in your will somewhere where I can do something for you because I love you. Have you done that or are you going to people and, and talking and posting? You're posting stuff on Facebook or, or Twitter or Instagram before you even had one thought about the King of Kings who loves you and stands with arms outstretched saying, hey, what, what about Let's, let's have time together. I want to I give you something that, that you'll never get anywhere else. Jesus is there. I want to give you something. I'm praying right hand of the Father. The Bible says that he's at the right hand of the Father. He's seated there, which is a place of honor, authority. It's a place of equality. So he's there. He's Jesus. He's God. He came as man, but he's there now and he's interceding, meaning he's praying all the time for you. Yet we don't want to return and pray through him, about him, for him, about others, to get to him. And that's partially why we're doing this fast, amen? Because it's training our minds in the beginning of the year to give God the best. And I encourage you, if, if you, if you slipped on the fast this past week, pick it up. If you say, man, I want to go even harder, I want to even take me out again for the week. Or if you say, I want to I take out Facebook for the week. I want to take out Instagram for the week. Whatever is taking your time away from actually showing and displaying that Jesus is the one you love the most, then do that. And what God's going to do is build something in your heart where you say, when you're back on Facebook again after the week, you're going to say, man, I spent a lot of time on this. That happened to me before. I'm saying this because it's happened to myself. I'll stop being on something. Then when I'm finally on it again, I'm like, wow, it feels gross being on here now. Like, I don't even want to be on here. Because what you're doing is you're cleaning your mind now. And our thoughts should be in obedience to Christ. But it's hard for that to happen when our thoughts are in obedience to everything else and everyone else. Are you all hearing that tonight? Amen. Verse 27 says, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I want you to think of the weight of a cross, right? Anthony put it in the picture a few weeks ago that it was your casket upon you. 
You're carrying your casket. How many know you need four, sometimes six men to carry a casket when someone's in there? Right? So you now carrying your casket. Because the cross was Christ's casket. Right? He gave his life on it. Verse 27, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot, can someone say cannot, be my disciple. So off the bat, that sounds like two very hard things to do. Think about it in your life right now. If you were to, if you were to just see those two things and how it would play out practically in your life, well, how do you feel? How, what do you think of that? They say, okay, I got to... Love less this. Okay, well, what do I got to do differently? Are some of y'all thinking that as I'm preaching this today? Like, what, what am I going to do differently? Okay, Jesus says this. If I want to be a disciple for real, then I got to stop this. Well, I got to carry something heavy on me that's going to cause me to die, right? Something that, that brings into my mind the actuality of my imminent death. And not only that, my death carnally meaning my flesh being dead, I carry that with me. Those two conditions are already difficult. I will not lie about that, and I will not tell you it's the very easiest thing, and neither will Jesus himself, as we are about to read. Jesus would break things down in parables. In other words, basic forms of these sickening, awesome, powerful, heavenly things that we would never comprehend. He would break it down in a simple way. So instead of going master's degree college exam, he'll go to preschool. That's a big difference, right? So imagine it that way. God, obviously, in all infinite wisdom, he had to break it down for us because we are dumb. And back then, they were a little more dumb, I think. The Bible does say that throughout time, Knowledge will increase. So they were dumber, we're dumb, still there. Verse 28, he says, this is, now let's pay attention to this. For which of you, let me break it down, let me add this. For which of you that are here right now on a Saturday, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost? Whether he has enough to complete it, Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. That sounds like an accuser, doesn't it? That sounds like somebody who's waiting for you to mess up. Somebody who's watching you, right? They had to have watched you build the tower. Listen to, listen to me now. Someone was there. So let me break it down this way. Those of you, who desire to be a disciple, or who even now say, man, I'm a disciple of Jesus. There is someone watching you. He's waiting for you to fall, and he's going to do anything it takes for you to fall. There's someone watching you, Rich. Everything you do, when you say you want to give your heart to God, there's someone there looking at you, and he's going to feed you everything you want to hear. He's going to feed you everything that's going to make you feel good. He's going to justify you when you know you shouldn't be justified. That person is there. That's the enemy, the prowling lion, 
who is looking for whom he can devour. So there's someone there. As you're saying, man, I want to build this tower. In other words, what is he talking about? Man, I want to follow Christ. I want to build this tower. I want to, I want to build it real high. Then you start building it, right? You start coming on Saturday nights. You start coming, you get into the word. Oh, hey, man, pastor, that's powerful. Woo, I feel it in my chest. Woo, oh, my God. And that's another Saturday you come, you're crying. Oh, my God, mascara all over the place. People are praying for you. You're there. Man, amen, you're coming another Saturday. You start bringing your mom. Hey, mom, come here. Come on, mom. Let's do this. Oh, I don't really want to go, honey. You, the mom comes. She's listening. She goes away, doesn't come back, but you still come, right? So you're there. You're building the tower. Can someone say, I'm building the tower? I'm building the tower. Now, this is what Jesus is warning about. Because you could be here on a Saturday night, and you could say, man, I'm going to do this thing for Jesus this year. I'm going to do it right. But if you have not first counted the cost on what it is to even follow Jesus, then there's someone waiting for you to fall. He'll do whatever it takes. And guess what? You'll be the fool in the end. There are even scriptures who teach us that it, it, it's best to not have known the truth at all than to have known it and fall away. That's how serious and how much worse it is for those who are actually in the church, hear the truth, hear it, get it, receive it, believe it, and then all of a sudden fall away and want to have nothing to do with it. But there's still time if you're living and you're in this room tonight. That means God's mercy is still there. He's like, okay, I'm here. You want to follow me? You're going to do it right. And I'm going to help you. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Yes. So we don't want to be those type of people. I don't want you to be those type of people. I've seen it. I've seen people come in. And people back in the day when we were doing youth ministry and people would come. And it's a little different with youth. But they would come. They would be so on fire that all of a sudden, bam, they're gone. Some maybe would come back years later, amen, through prayer and through people praying for them, myself, whoever it was. But there are those who just went astray, want to have nothing to do with the Lord at all. They will be held accountable to it, but they didn't count the cost. So it's my job as pastor here to teach you what Jesus taught. And that is what? Count the cost. Do not say, man, I'm a part of World Renegade Church. This is my church. If you have not counted the cost. This is why we have membership classes in place, so you can know what you're signing up for. Can I get an amen here tonight? Amen. Verse 29. Again. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, in other words, when you, you haven't finished the race, like the apostle Paul does on his deathbed, he says, I've, I, I've held the faith tight. I finished the race. I've done it, y'all. He's on his deathbed and he's rejoicing because he's, he's stuck it out to the end. So, so in other words, to follow him and not finish, all who see it begin to mock him. You will get mocked. Not only by, obviously, the enemy, but people that look at you. Facebook, right? People on Facebook, your friends. Hey, hey, weren't you, Michelle, weren't you? You were just there on Saturdays. You're doing all this. And, and man, like two months later, I saw you posting pictures of the club. I mean, I mean, let's go to the club, girl. Let's do this. And they know, wait a minute, that what Michelle did and what she was talking about wasn't that real. Let's go to verse 31. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war 
will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. What does that mean? There's a king. He's got his whole squadron with him. He's got his, his guys with him. He's got his soldiers. Oh, we're going to fight. And there's another side and they're coming and they have more men than he does. Right? So at first, initially, the king's like, we're going to do this. We're going to fight this. But he has to figure out before he sends his men, can we do this? Can we actually do this? There are people that are going to fight against me, and there's a lot of them. Oh, my gosh. I need to think about this. You'd be a dumb king if you go, hey, there's 20,000. How many do we have here? 10,000, right? Okay, let's, let's do this. Let's just go. But, but, sir, what are we going to do? Just go. We could do it. Come on. Have faith. Let's do it. Right? Just do it. There's sometimes when just doing it is good. Sometimes when doing it is bad. So verse 32, again. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. What does that mean? He surrenders, in other words. What type of king would go out and say, yeah, we're going to do this thing, and then all of a sudden they're close by. Oh, my God, forget it. Hey, tell them, tell them forget it. <laughs> tell them, forget it. It's too scary, right? They got too many swords. Listen to me now. They got too many swords. They got too, too much stuff. Oh, my gosh. I heard some of them have the flaming arrows. We don't need that. Dude, send them away. Tell them forget it. Tell them it's cool. Tell them I'd rather be at peace with the enemy than go and fight him. I'd rather be at peace with the enemy than fight him. As a Christian, as a disciple, do you want to be at peace with the enemy or would you fight him? See, that, that's what separates a disciple and a believer. A believer can believe in Jesus and God and all virgin birth, all this good stuff. Jesus was a teacher. Oh, man, yeah, he died for the sins. Amen. Wow. Believer, a disciple, will not just let the enemy overcome them. But what they'll do is fight him. So believers are at peace with the enemy. They want to make peace with him. They want to surrender, right? When it becomes hard, oh, man, this is way too hard. A Christian man, pastor pissed me off, Right? <laughs> He said something horrible to me like, man, he told me that, that this, that, and the other, and then he said he loved me. Man, that's fake. <laughs> right? Right? So then you, you leave, and you go, and guess what you do? Go with your girls. Guess what? You start visiting their church. Hey, man, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, cool. Then you get with some other people. You start going backwards, to, back to the club, back to hanging out at the lounge, just chilling with a little bit of drinks, just hanging out with your girls, doing all that. But yet, where were you? You were a believer. But I believe in Jesus' name if you're here tonight. And this church will be disciples. But if you're just believing in a good God, and you're believing that you, you, this, is, this is where you need to be on, on Saturday, this is where I need to be, I need to look, dress up and be here, and you're just doing that. And you're not counting the cost of what it means to actually live it out. And the bigger we get as a church, people will think they can hide. People are going to think they can hide. Like, oh, that's why some people like bigger gatherings. 
right? They like bigger gatherings because no one can know them deeply. Because when they do, stuff comes to the surface. People start realizing they're addicted to pornography, unfaithful to their wife. All this stuff surfaces. People like to be hidden in big groups. But as a church, even as we grow, man, there's got to be those, man, this core group that's in this room, those who will go out and love these people enough, bring them in, make disciples, right, in the church, right? Just because someone's sitting next to you doesn't mean they're a disciple. As we grow as a church, just because someone starts sitting next to you every Saturday doesn't mean they're a disciple. They're being discipled in a sense by the teaching, but that's not thorough. Thorough is what you do as a church member to say, man, I'm going to live life with this person. Let's go out to eat once a week, bro. You and me. I know you're new to the church. You've been coming six, seven times. I'm going to go out with you. Let's go hang out. A, a young lady comes here, and you're here. You're like, hey, me and, 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 and whoever it is, we're going to go out with you. We're going to go out to the restaurant. Let's hang out. Let's talk. And you just start building relationship. Amen? Amen? So let's do this again. Verse 32. When it comes to the kings... And the wars and the enemies, soldiers. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks him for a term of peace. Can someone say he surrenders? He surrenders. Verse 33 ends with this. So therefore, anyone of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Any one of you who does not renounce all that he has. I want you to think about that for a moment. We need a lot of reflection during these types of moments because, you know, right now everybody's on holy mode, right? Your mind is, oh, you're holy, you're ready. Jesus, yeah, ah. When you get to work on Tuesday, let's say Tuesday, because it's mid, right? It's after Monday. You still got a little bit of the residue of the, they're at the church gathering. Yeah, we had an awesome, oh, Monday, oh, oh, okay, we're going to push through Tuesday, oh, Wednesday, oh, man, right? Can I get an amen, somebody? So, therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Renounce all that you have. That means all that you have, you no longer have it. What's crazy about this, again, is that this is not just to the men he was talking to. It's a broad statement. He says, therefore, what? Say that. Therefore, what? Any one of you. So there was a lot of people there. Okay, so at this time, verse 25 says, great crowds accompanied him. So there were hundreds and hundreds of people around Jesus. And he says, so if any one of you, right, they could have stood up. But guess what happened, church? There were only 12 that Jesus was with. Not only that, there were big crowds who were following him, right? But there was a point when Jesus said something to them. And they said, really? Forget it, peace. You would think that back in this time, people were bored, right? You would think that people were bored at this time, that people were literally bored, that they didn't have anything to do but play with lambs, <laughs> right? Play with birds, 
Snow White, right? Just giving. Here's bird seed, right? Here's the lamb. Here, here, I'm a shepherd. This is my job, right? Here's my stick, my wooden pole. This is my toy, a wooden pole, right? Even then, right, they were busy. People were too busy to follow Christ. Even then. People were busy even in a time where you would think, man, no, they didn't have cell phone, they didn't have Facebook, they didn't have social network, internet, TV, videos, VCRs, <laughs> right? They didn't have cars, right? Like, how did it really look like? I wish, you, I, I, wish I could snap my fingers and bring us to that time. I swear to you, I wish I could do that. Lord, can we do that? Lord, we've been fasting. Please take us there. Lord, time travel in Jesus' name. Please, Lord. Someone got dust in their eye when they come in. They come in. You're looking at your clothes. Come on, you're there? Are you all there? You see that? You see all these people right here? And you see... Right, Jesus is there, right? And then Jesus says, so therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot mean, be my disciple. And watch what these people are saying while we're there, right? We're there, and they're all with their cloaks, and they're with their, their dusty, their sandals, their kids, there's everyone. And we're there with our cell phones, nice clothes, all this kind of stuff. And they're like, man, they got a lot of stuff to let go of. No. They wouldn't point to us and say that. They had their own lives and they still would not come up and say, Jesus, I want to be a disciple. These people were full. They were full of things that would clog their minds and their eyes to see the truth behind what Jesus was saying. And not only that, the weight of what it was to follow Christ. He loves you and he wants you to follow him. He knows that his way is to eternal life. So he's saying to all of these people, any one of you who does not renounce all that you have, which is nothing, cannot be my disciple and reign with me in glory. So you can pray right now and say, Lord, man, I renounce this, this, and the other. God, I renounce my double ways of living, my love for technology that I can't get my hands off my phone for an hour, two hours. I renounce it. I want to be a disciple and I want to be a good disciple. I don't want to be falling asleep when you say not to, Lord. I want to stay awake. I want to stay vigilant and be sober-minded. Pray that where you're at in your seats tonight. Leave everything behind and follow me. Your love for this, love for that, love for that, love for that. Because in me, you will find true love. You won't find love from another man, ever, like the love you'll find from me. You won't find love from a female, like the love that you will find in me. That's Jesus to you tonight. Therefore, any one of you, who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Lord, I pray for those who are praying right now. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that the help of the Holy Spirit would aid the preached word. That the help of the Holy Spirit would burn the hearts of those who are here tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. 
Lord, that we would be able to renounce because we know that you have better for us. It's not that we're losing everything. It's that we're gaining everything. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we would have and grasp the concept. We are not losing anything, but gaining everything. He's given us the Holy Spirit. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave the Holy Spirit. That means the spirit that empowered him. He made accessible to all mankind who would say, I want to be a disciple. Holy Spirit, rock every life in this place. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Visit RazQ.com forward slash World Renegade Church. R-A-Z-O-O.com forward slash World Renegade Church.